0: Speak, Lord, for your servants listen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a reading from one of John Donne's meditations. John Donne uh, lived in the 17th century and uh, was a man of high society. He was a wine drinker, a womanizer, a party-goer, A bit like some of our own politicians these days, really, isn't it? (laughs) But eventually, as part of his, I suppose, preferment, he was made dean of St. Paul's Cathedral. Not really the sort of character you would want as dean of London's most prestigious uh, church at that time, but something extraordinary happened to him. Once he'd been made dean, he discovered faith. and became this extraordinary orator and one who reflected on the scriptures and life. During that time, there was an outbreak of the plague and he was struck down and almost died. While he was recovering, he was lying in bed and wrote a series of meditations, of which this is one. And while listening there in his room, he hears a bell tolling. You will be familiar with this passage. Perhaps he for whom this bell tolls may be so ill as that he knows not it tolls for him. And perchance I may think myself so much better than I am as that they who are about me and see my state, have caused it to toll for me, and I know not that. (laughs) The Church is Catholic, universal. So are all her actions. All that she does belongs to all. When she baptizes a child, that action concerns me, for that child is thereby connected to that body, which is my head too, and engrafted into that body whereof I am a member. And when she buries a man, that action concerns me. All mankind is of one author and is one volume. When one man dies, one chapter is not torn out of the book, translated into a better language, and every chapter must be so translated. Who bends not his ear to any bell which upon any occasion rings? But who can remove it from that bell which is passing a piece of himself out of this world. No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's Death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. This parable that Jesus tells. Two men going to the temple, Pharisee, tax collector. We know the story, we've heard it many times, and we know what Jesus is trying to do with it. We all know that the Pharisee was the upright, God-fearing Jew of the time. The one who knew all the scriptures, the one who knew what it meant to please God, the one whose life was patterned after his faith. They were the upright in society, they were the ones to whom everybody looked, the Pharisees. The tax collectors, on the other hand, well, we know all about tax collectors, don't we, as well? We know they're the underbelly of Jewish society. They were the Jews who were working on behest of the Roman occupiers as their tax collectors taking money from their own people to give to the oppressors and taking more than their fair share, so they kept some for themselves as well and did very nicely out of it. They were detested and hated. I suppose if we were translating it into today's stories, we'd probably think of maybe a priest or a clergyman and what, a drug dealer? The two of those going into church, and one saying, thank you, God, and the other not even lifting up his head. But I want to think just for a moment about what's going on in these people, and in particular in this tax collector, because it seems to me that there's something here that we need to take hold of. When that tax collector went into that temple, he went because the temple is where you go to meet God. So in the first place, he's actually gone. Why is he gone? Well, we understand why he's gone. Because he's looked into his own heart and he's seen nothing but darkness there. And somehow, he knows that he's worth nothing. And so he comes into this house of God, knowing he's worth nothing, and yet there's a glimpse of something that seeks forgiveness. That reaches out, and there's something in there, isn't there? Because he's reaching out, he's gone because there's an element of hope that maybe not everything is entirely lost. Maybe there is some hope in his utter abject misery. And so he comes in and he stands far off, like standing at the back of the church. He doesn't look up because he knows how awful, He is. He knows the pain he's caused to others. He knows how he's robbed fellow citizens, how he serves the hated masters. And what can he do? He crawls on his knees, and he beats his breast, and says, God, have mercy on me. St. Paul, that great saint of the church who has written for us most of the New Testament in his letters, used to say, The more I come closer to God, the more I see I am a sinner. Until he eventually said, I am the worst of all sinners. And that's something, it seems to me, that we discover as we walk with God. That actually, God has allowed us to come into his presence in all our darkness and all our sinfulness, and yet still receives us. And gradually, as we learn to walk with God closer and closer each day of our lives, He reveals that a little bit more about actually what we're really like. And we discover that we're far worse than we ever thought we were. And yet he still welcomes us. When we come here Sunday by Sunday, we come and we kneel at that altar rail and we beat our breasts. And say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But when we're doing that, we're not doing it just for ourselves. We are doing it for ourselves. But what John Donne had picked up on was that we aren't ever just ourselves. We are part of the whole of humanity. We are made of the soil of the earth. We are made of the stuff of the earth, of which we all are. And when we come before God, we bring that soil, which is every human being and every creature and every plant, because they're all part of us, into God's presence and ask for his mercy to come down upon us. And when we do that, we are asking for God's judgment. Often when we think of judgment, we think of this terrifying ordeal of a God who wants to gain retribution. We think of damnation, of hell and fire and brimstone and all those stories that we've heard. But when we read the Psalm, we discover that judgment is something entirely different. We see that judgment is that which in so many parts of the world is empty and missing, where people cry out for justice because there isn't any. They want restoration because judgment is about restoration. It's about the giving back, of the years that the locust has eaten. It's about the abundance of the harvest. It's about the rain in the desert, watering the dry, parched ground, and the flowers and the trees blossoming and giving fruit. And this is God's blessing. That is judgment. It is the writing of all that we have wronged the restoring of all that we have destroyed. So when we come and we kneel in God's presence, in the presence of the Creator, in the presence of pure holiness, we beat our breasts and we say, oh God, have mercy on me, Catholic me, the world, a sinner. And let your healing love flow and restore Let your spirit come, O God. Let waters once more flow in the desert of our hearts. That we may be that source of life. And love go from us back out into the watering the world. So come. Come and kneel at the feast of heaven's table. Amen. Amen.